1: Welcome to The geekiest. I'm
0: Joe. I'm Kayla.
1: And I'm Will. And for the first time in, I don't know, like two months, we don't have any guests. So we thought, hey, let's do a little bit of a geek roundup and see what we've been uh, consuming as we uh, go through the the remainder of the year with the pandemic and everything. So kind of a free form, what you've been watching, reading. What you're interested in what games are on the horizon that you're looking forward to uh, plus I think we can just get some uh, and we, then we can do some geek news at the end and uh, so the floor is open
0: Discovery's back out and it's amazing
1: that is that is true yeah we, we <laughs> really go flying by on that one
0: I have like I have like Star Trek blurts I just I can't stop <laughs>
1: Yes, so so Kay and I did watch uh, the first episode of season three of Star Trek Discovery last week. How uh, is it? Wow.
2: Yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoiler. Spoiler.
0: Spoilers, spoilers. Go watch it, then come back. Um. Yeah. Here. <laughs> it's uh. It is a whole new Star Trek in a lot of ways, as Discovery has been all along. Um. Just flipping cool. Like crying by the end. Yeah, really good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it definitely grabbed you by the emotions and 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 went through your pockets. Uh, Mm -hmm. So if you're unfamiliar with what happened at the end of season two, again, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Shields up, phasers ready, whatever. Um, To to protect creation from uh, control, the crew of the Enterprise, uh, crew of Discovery, had to take the information they got from. That alien entity and jump 900 years into the future uh, using the the Red Angel uh, suit, Burnham's uh, mother's suit. Um, so so that's that's where we were. Um, and, and control was uh, the Star Trek universe's version of Skynet.
0: Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's uh, a good description. Yeah,
1: and and so we we open up with probably the, the the best entry ever of oh my god. You kind of you're watching this this chase as a uh, as new character book uh Cleveland book Booker uh is is trying to elude someone that he has stolen cargo from and then the space time anomaly opens up and, and Burnham, Burnham crashes into right him. into
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're very rude uh introduction.
1: Not not quite a meet cute. Um
0: <laughs> And uh, it and, just is nuts from there on out. Yeah.
1: So and and that's not too much of a spoiler because I think we mentioned last week that uh at New York City Comic Con uh they had they had unveiled that first scene uh and put it out on YouTube. So that's not too spoilery. That was there. Um and then what goes on is basically, hey, what do you what do you, what do you think the is gonna be like in nine hundred years? <laughs> and and then shake that Etch-A-Sketch, because that's not where things are at.
0: Yeah, it's pretty crazy and the new uh, the new additions to the cast so far are incredible. Yeah. Um really really cool writing, um some really interesting callbacks and stuff and kind of uh it really is just a whole new world and a new kind of imagination on technology, which is kind of fun, you know, every Star Trek we get to see like that theoretical advancement in technology. Which is one of the things that I love about the show is with each, which each jump we get to see these these interesting jumps, um, and it's super cool.
1: I think the interesting thing, especially being a fan of Picard, is you know, in Picard the controls are very kind of holographic, um, and the controls for uh, this series are again sort of holographic, but also sort of. Um, like, like trans matter. So it's like you put your hand down and the console creates itself up to it. And then when you take your hands away, the console goes back to being flat.
0: Yeah. It's very tactile. It's interesting.
1: Yep. Um. So we, we've already talked Uh. Cleveland book booker as played by David Ajala. Uh, he's an English actor. Um, and who
0: has been on stage with Patrick Stewart.
1: Yes. He is a member of the Royal Shakespeare, uh, shakespeare theater how uh, oh, cool uh and and it was talking about uh on the right Red- so so there's star trek discovery which yes you need to watch the episodes and then watch the ready room uh hosted oh, yeah. by will wheaton uh that that is immediately after because wow you learn things like that david ajala was on has been on stage with sir patrick stewart uh in hamlet um mm-hmm with with and, and he even describes uh Sir Patrick Stewart having uh during one of his uh during one of he was playing Claudius and and they had tried cutting things out of it to shorten the play from 4 hours to 2 hours and because uh he is uh, because Patrick Stewart has played the role so many times he just kind of pulled the rest of the the speech out and he kind of just kept giving <laughs> David Ajala this look like Just go with it. Um, Not only has he been on stage with Sir Patrick Stewart, but he's also been on stage with David Tennant. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: He also has appeared. uh, Folks might recognize him from uh, Supergirl, uh, where he played Manchester Black. um, And he also. Yes. I hadn't even
0: thought about that one.
1: And he also appeared in a Doctor Who episode, The Beast
2: Below. Didn't every British actor appear in a Doctor Who episode? I believe it's part of your
0: British contract.
2: I, I think so. It's like here. Okay, welcome, welcome to the, welcome to the club. Here's where you're going to come on the Doctor Who, <laughs> um,
1: and and then here's a little factoid I, I have found: uh, by appearing on Doctor Who and appearing in a Star Trek, uh, being a Star Trek series regular, he's the first actor to do that. He's the first Take Star a deep
2: Trek point for going deep on that. <laughs> Why? Well, thank
1: you. Thank you very much. That was deep. That
0: yeah. was super deep.
1: But I just I, I just want to think of you your your acting career involves being on stage with Sir Patrick Stewart and with David Tennant. Whoa. Like I those are what dreams are made of, right?
0: Yeah. And he's like what in his early 30s or something? Like this he, man is really incredible.
1: Um he is 34.
0: Yeah. Like and he's already done all the I'm just I'm so impressed.
1: Yes. Um
0: and then so there's the cat
1: and then there is the cat Gr- uh, grudge <laughs>
0: grudge <laughs> grudge is uh, is is a uh, book's cat and grudge is this giant fluffy floppy main coon that just is I, there's there's gonna be stuff i i just i can feel it there's gonna be stuff with grudge and if anybody hurts grudge there will be riots <laughs> like, we have
2: another baby yoda stormtrooper thing going here
0: maybe maybe um in a little bit more of a badass than cutesy way because grudge is just like bam cat
1: yeah i i, I like
0: he's huge i
1: i like the uh so so Berna makes a comment like that's a big cat and he's like he's she's got a thyroid condition <laughs> nice yeah yeah
0: nice. <laughs> it's just, oh my God, and it's such a um, I mean, like men and cats like that's a that's such a like grab your heart thing as it is anyway, um, and he that book is just book is all about the animals, and uh their their relationship already is just so interesting, you know, and I'm really i'm i'm I think I'm looking forward to the book grudge relationship more mm-hmm. than I'm looking forward to the book Michael relationship. <laughs>
1: i'm I'm kind of looking forward to the to the grudge burnham relationship
0: that'll be interesting to see like you know that's gonna be a little love triangle there
1: (laughs) (laughs) um one of the things i i remember like in in ready room they talked about you know uh grudge going to give uh spot uh, data's cat a run for his money for being or her money for being you know star trek's most famous cat but I was thinking about that episode of DS Nine when uh, when O'Brien goes on undercover for, uh, to root out the Orion Syndicate mole, and he goes mm-hmm. to uh, he goes to the guy's house, his apartment, whatever, and he's like, "That's a you know, that's my cat. Don't sit in his seat. That's a seat." Or someone's I, I was like, mm-hmm. that same relationship between Book and Grudge is is between that that Orion Syndicate gangster and his cat, and I just
0: yeah. Yeah, and that cat ends up being owned by O'Brien later. And, yep. Yeah, totally cool. Yeah, and Grudge is actually played by a pair of cats, um, yes. which is pretty common uh, in the industry because cats are fickle. So you never know when one is not going to be in the mood to play. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> what? Nah. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, and, and again, from the ready room, uh, David Ajala was talking about acting with said cat. Are one of the cats, and uh, during the scene, the cat just reached up and shredded uh, the inside of his sleeve.
0: Uh, like, literally uh, ripped the costume, and he just, there's, and it's funny, because he said they kept the take, and yeah. he, he just kept going. And you're, there's a moment in the take, if you watch, where he kind of tenses a little, and that's where <laughs> Crudge is just, like, digging his claws into it. Um, we're Yay, dope. working with cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's there's just there's so much good stuff uh in it and it just looks like it's gonna be a whole lot of fun. And it 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 is a different kind of Star Trek, but I'm here for it and I'm having fun with it. And you know, I you can't when it comes to Star Trek, you have to be able to evolve. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't be like, oh, well, original series is my Star Trek and nothing but original series will do or TNG or whatever it is. You have to be able to evolve with the series and Discovery is definitely doing that.
1: Um, I, I will say part of, probably my favorite sequence was uh, Burnham uh, under the influence of the truth drug.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was like, don't Burnham. It was hysterical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, a lot of I'm, good stuff. I will look
2: forward to giving that a watch.
0: Yes, yeah. please do. I, I'm I'm interested in your opinion as Hopefully well. On that it. series
2: will find its space legs because uh, the first two seasons were rough.
0: I really enjoyed the first two seasons, but I know that the fan base is. And you know what, though, like I said, if you look at every other series when it first comes out, there it's always met with resistance. There's always a season or two where they're getting their legs and figuring stuff out and getting the fans on board and then it takes off you know like every series has done that
2: yeah no it, i'm I'm totally down with that it it's gotta find it's gotta find its spot yep and yep. there's very few shows out there that can say oh well, in the first you know two seasons we were knocking it out of the park minus the you know the game of thrones or yeah. the you know the the big blockbuster high production cost um they, they've got to especially when they're dealing with a sequel slash spinoff it's gotta it's gotta get a chance to get itself figured out and i'm glad yep. that cbs is giving them that opportunity to just change things little by little and find your, find your way.
0: Yeah. Play with it, run with it, figure it out. Yep. I really think we can
2: get four more seasons out of it (laughs) and it makes a great thing. Then, Hey, more. I, I think, I think, um,
1: for discovery, it was, you know, when they decided to set it 10 years before TOS, it was like, Oh, okay. You know, there's so much canon in that era and there's so much, and it doesn't give it a lot of room to breathe. And then, you get the the second season comes in and now you've got like Captain Pike and the enterprise. And it's like, it, it felt like it was very much, you know, it's again, it was sort of trapped in the TOS era. And now that they've moved the, the plot to 900 years in the future and 900 years in their future, uh, close to what, like a thousand in ours. Um, I think it gives them room to then make their own trek. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it also
2: gives them the opportunity to ignore everything else yeah. that came before them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Be because you can you can argue it of well, which timeline is it? What do you mean? Well, is it the original timeline or the Kelvin timeline? Yeah. What does it matter? They left before that. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, they're gone. It's it's it is the even one step further from Voyager of being able to kind of take it out of everything else and not have to worry about all of those things and make it its own.
1: That's a geek point. Thank you.
2: <laughs> no,
0: I mean, that's
1: a great analogy. You know, that, that Plus, is a great I mean, if, it,
2: it, if they go with the storyline of, we're going to bring the Federation to times where the Federation is not there. That is interesting, but is it going to be a, now we're going to compare it to Janeway's trip. Out into the Delta Quadrant, where now you're in the middle of nowhere, where the Federation doesn't exist. But we're going to play by a Federation rules. We've seen this already,
0: right? I so don't think that's going to gonna be the case, that trap. right? And and I don't think that's going to be the case. There's already kind of, and we're like, we're not, you know, it's the first episode, so there's a lot of places they could go. But I, I just, I'm getting the feeling from the way they're handling it. That this is not a Janeway staunch, the Federation lives no matter where we are. Like, yes, the Federation is still something that is in consideration, that is in play to a certain degree. But I think they're being more realistic. I think they learned from Voyager, you know. And I think that they're taking a little bit more realistic spin on, you know, kind of you have to adapt to the time that you are right now. Yeah. Um. But Michael still is, she's, she, because the thing is, is that all through Star Trek, the, the, the moral compass, the, the foundation of beliefs that is the Federation is kind of in the heart and soul of anyone that is part of it. And she still has that, but she's also realistic and strong enough to understand that she has to adapt. Yeah. You know, I, so I think she's trying to find that middle ground.
1: Yeah. I think for, for season three, I think, you know, I, I. So two things. One, I don't think it's going to be so much focused on the you know you know being more federation than than necessary. But it's, the question is, what is the burn, mm-hmm. or what was the burn? What was um, the burn? And what uh, and and it's sort of you know i and sort of the question is is what remains of the federation and you know trying to maybe see about reestablishing or something. But it uh, they definitely have you know they they. Have set a nice set of questions for you. Um, I mean, first of all, I mean, they're still where the hell is discovery? Because
0: um, yeah, working on that one and new aliens,
1: new aliens, also uh, alien uh, familiar aliens. We we meet Andorians and we meet uh, Orions. No, Rigelians,
0: Rigelians and Orions
1: and Andorians. We didn't meet any
0: or Andor. They- yeah, no. Yeah, the the green ones and the blue ones. <laughs>
1: um. <laughs> And it was a was Orion, <laughs> Orions at, and Andorians, um, right? And yeah, so we we, we we met the the new version of those, which they look similar to previous. Uh, that was also something different.
0: that I was kind of happy with is that they didn't do the Klingon thing and completely change the look of an already known species.
2: Yeah, again, uh,
1: that, again, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I think. I think though, I mean, they, they're kind of these Andorians looked a lot like um what we saw in Enterprise, which was somewhat different than what we saw in the original series, where the original series the, you know, because of limitations of technology, the uh their their horns or whatever you want to call them,
0: <laughs> their antenna.
1: Yeah, didn't move where, you know, in Enterprise you could have them moving, uh, especially as portrayed by Jeffrey Coombs playing uh Shram. God. Uh but uh, yeah, and and the Rigelians, uh, not the Rig- Orion's. Why do we want to be Orions. Rigelians? The Orions uh, reminded me uh, again, Enterprise, where we finally actually see male Orions, uh, mm-hmm. and they have a thing for putting pieces of metal on their face, and
0: heads. also very green. Very green. And it actually, it's interesting, that, and this is just me being a total dork. Um, but when the, the first time that we saw the Orion male, the only thing I could think of was Ford from Critical Role. <laughs> he looked just like it, like the, the 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 makeup, the kind of uh, gradients in green and the like big bulky guy. And I was like, oh, look, it's Ford. Because <laughs> I'm a dork.
1: But yeah. <laughs> I think you get a geek point for having a Critical Role Star Trek crossover in your head. <laughs> that's how my brain works um
0: oh, anybody geez. could
1: do it it'd be okay it me <laughs> um on a side note the exterior shots of the first episode were shot in iceland um, so pretty yeah and it was um it reminded me that uh, there's an episode uh i think it was once it was bear Grylls the his his survival show back in the day where he went to iceland it was like running across like the you know the lava fields and all that stuff and it was just like i I was sitting there watching and I was like that looks familiar and that looks familiar. And then when I looked it up, it was like, oh, exterior shot in Iceland. I was like, ah, that's Mm. it. Um, Which just once again, kind of proves what a magical place Iceland is and kind of moves it back onto my list of places to visit sometime before I shuffle off the mortal coil. I hear some kids call that a bucket list, but uh, I like to be poetic.
0: Can I call it a cauldron list? That's cool. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Why not? (laughs)
2: <laughs> do whatever you want
0: yeah so what have you been uh, watching will anything interesting
2: uh i've been go i've i've been feeling very sentimental um that I, I, my anniversary upon this planet is coming up and i've been feeling very old so i've been going sentimental and going back in the past okay uh, and, and and watching old stuff and playing old video games um like pirates from 1987, Sid Meier's Pirates.
0: Oh, jeez. Uh,
2: yeah, like going old
0: school, old That's school. That's a uh, deep point.
2: Thank you. <laughs> um, I've been playing like Knights of the Old Republic, the original Xbox game. Um Just some of the older video games, older TV shows, older movies. I, I mean, I even went as far as to just I, I, I went on a, a a Marvel spree, and I watched every single Marvel movie.
0: I've been meaning to do that.
2: All of them. It took me about a week <laughs> and a half.
0: I mm. bet. Oh my goodness.
2: And I mean, I even went obscure Marvel. I I, I watched Blade, Blade <gasps> Two, Blade Trinity.
0: Hey, yeah. yeah, I love the Blade um, movies. I, I that's another gig point.
2: Thank you. <laughs> so so I've been kind of uh, reminiscing and and back into the past and enjoying some of that and. Um, More recently, I've been kind of been watching a little more uh, wrestling, just kind of going back and watching old stuff, Uh, mainly because the new stuff, I just I can't find the time to sit down and watch it when it happens. And then trying to trying to follow everything in bits and pieces when you can't just sit down and watch the show. It's not like it has a replay, at least not for like two months. So it's really hard to kind of keep track of it when you don't have the ability to just sit down and watch it. Okay, so, that's an
0: education for me. I was going to ask that actually. Like, I know a lot of a lot of things. Like, you watch it on TV, and then like a week later, it's on YouTube. But it's not so with wrestling.
2: No, I it, it'll show up on on uh, like WWE the the streaming the streaming portal, um, mm-hmm. but it's usually like two months, of, two months down the road. Ah, okay. Um, man, and you're, you're talking stuff that's already happened and talked about the death. And I mean, I follow here and there, but, um, like I've never really paid attention to NXT, which is the, it started as being like the developmental system. And then it kind of moved into being its own brand thing. So I went back to episode one hmm. and I started watching. Wow. And, yeah, uh, and it was in, it's interesting, um, and and how it flowed and changed and and moved in new directions and evolved with times and uh, things like that. So yeah, I, I've, since we don't really have a whole lot coming out new stuff, I figured hell with it. I'll go back and I'll watch old stuff, <laughs> watch stuff that I kind of wanted to but I never got around. To. You know, I, it's
0: been fun. Does it hold up? Yeah.
2: Uh yeah, a little bit. I, I mean it's it stuff that you kind of hear like little tidbits and in, in drop ins here and there. It's like, oh yeah, I, I remember that happened, but I didn't watch it. Um mm-hmm. so you can kind of go back and actually watch it and s- start getting invested and um except me because I'm I'm really judgy and I don't get invested in things that easily.
0: <laughs>
2: you judgy? Nah. Yeah, only a little bit. <laughs> I,
1: I I I dabble into the the wrestling world, although I gotta say, like for WWE, it's I don't know. I just so I've been trying to trying to get into AEW, um, and I I, I don't know, okay. So well, you're we're we're in the same age category. Old, yes. Yeah, uh, you remember back in the day? If say I don't know Jake the Snake Roberts were to happen to hit you with the DDT, you you were done. Right. I watched a match the other the other night, and, like, the guy got hit with, like, a, a swinging DDT, and they got, like, a one-and-a-half count on the pin, and then, like, there were, like, four or five others what would have been finishing moves back in the late 90s, early 2000s, and Free people... death like, of kayfabe? Not only just the death of kayfabe, but it's, like, the... Uh, and and I think we've, we've addressed before kayfabe is the term for the, you know, stylized fiction of, of wrestling. Um, So, you know, you might not be related to somebody, but we are both Anderson brothers or we are both, uh, uh, Von Ericks. Right. But yeah, it just, it's, it's like everything has escalated and all of the, you know, the Tempe suicidas and, you know, all the flying out of the rings onto the, onto the you know someone out on the floor and just like I don't know it seems like I give the guys all the credit in the world for the athleticism and the ability and the 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 lack of fear to just hurl yourself you know sometimes without even being able to see what you're hurling yourself at but oh my god if I was a parent of young boys who wanted or or young girls I guess because the, the women wrestling is is equally bonkers with moves I would be scared. Like I remember, you know, me and my older brother wrestling in, you know, in the, the living room, you know, and it was, you know, figure fours and,
2: and hammer locks and full Nelsons. I, I think that the problem with where it, things have gone is it's become so muddled that you don't have. Okay. If you go back into the, to the, the late eighties, early nineties, and you turned on wrestling. Here's what you got. You got the early part. And, and I'm, I'm I'm just going to throw people in from cross brands. So don't don't get on me about it. But, you know, your, your opening match is going to be your Jushin Thunder Liger and your Rey Mysterio. You knew the second that those guys came into the ropes, they're not going to be hard hitting. They're going to be jumping. They're going to be flying. Right. They're going to be doing stuff off top rope. They're going to be quick. They're going to be catches, mm-hmm. catch canning. It's going to be excitement yeah it's going to be all kinetic right and then the next match is going to be you got your uh mid card tag team with singles guys that are being put together because they don't know what to do with them and they're going to be kind of middle of the road you've got
1: Um, you've got barry and you you got barry and kendall windham taking on paul roma and
2: uh uh, the repo man okay i wouldn't I wouldn't put the repo man in any match, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) But you knew you weren't going to see the high flying stuff. You're going to see a more, a a more of a technical match, uh, maybe a couple of big spots, but that was going to be it. Yeah. And then your finale, you're going to have the, 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 the Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan, which Mm -hmm. is going to end in the most believable leg drop ever, brother,
1: (laughs) or the dirtiest player in the game is going to get himself is going to, you know, manage to
2: put in the the figure four that you can sit there and do to your cousin and go, how can this possibly hurt? (laughs) Yes.
1: And, 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 and then believable. Yeah, no. And then, you know, and then also the selling of the, Oh, he's going to roll it, he'll roll it over and that reverses it. And it's like, no, the rolling over with it
2: doesn't do anything either. No, no, not really. But Um, it's, it's, it's become, muddled to the point of if you turn on wwe right now if you turn on aew right now everybody with the exception of of, of a modest few everybody dives over the top rope yeah everybody comes off the top rope everybody runs and jumps through the ropes everybody does this and everybody does that and it's like every match is damn near the same Yeah, you have to come even further out of the box to give me something that's truly original. And and I think what also is
1: get like I I was watching. It's like I watched Dustin Rhodes, who's you know he's celebrating what his like 40th year of wrestling or something. Should have retired 15 years ago. Yeah, do go tempe suicida out. I'm like, no, no. First of all, you're like six foot seventy five. And you have no business diving, you know, diving through the ropes out onto the floor. But it's like you don't even get like everything now is high spots and, uh, you know, next big thing after next. Like you don't get a technical match anymore that I've seen. It's, you
2: know, you, you I know. mean, one of, the, one of the most fascinating matches for me, and, and this is going back probably 15 years now. Was, and if you have the, if you have the ability to go back and go back and watch Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle, what a fantastic match, completely technical for the first three quarters of the match, technical match, Mm. hard to do. I I mean, a la Bret Hart back in the eighties, Bret Hart and Scott Steiner putting together, Mm. you know, fantastic technical matches that you enjoyed watching. It was strategic. It wasn't, oh, yeah. I'm going to beat the tar out of you. It's, I'm going to just flat out, out wrestle you.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, that, that was like watching like, uh, you know, uh, a, a Mike Rotunda match, you know, back in the day, like he's going to wrestle you. You're going to be, you know, the, this, you're, you're going to be in there. You're going to be on the mat. You're going to be, you know, their
2: holds are going to be done and, you know, and, and can, and can flat out shoot, hurt you. Yeah, if you do, if you screw around, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like hurt
1: you for real. Um, it, it's it's like watching an old Arn Anderson match. I did that the other night on YouTube. watching an old Arn Anderson match, and it's like, God, he you, was so good. He could wrestle a technical match, but if you wanted to do a slobber knocker, he could do a slobber knocker, and and it it fit him. Like you looked at him, it's like I remember for a long time. My dad and uh, slightly resembled. Especially when my dad started wearing glasses, my dad slightly resembled Arn Anderson. And I imagine, it was like, if my dad ever got in a fight, he would probably throw punches like Arn Anderson throws punches, and
2: you know, this is all hell. <laughs> <laughs> but, but
1: because Arn, because Arn Anderson came across to you as like this is a working class guy who somehow made it, got lucky, made it into professional wrestling instead of having to be a laborer, and he's going to fight like hell to stay there. I mean, that was that was the character sell, you know, uh, and it, and it worked out well uh, as part of the Four Horsemen, where you had you know. You know Ric Flair with, you know, styling and profiling and you had Tully Blanchard and, you know, whatever fourth horseman you wanted to put in there. I mean, that that fourth horseman spot has always been I, I, I,
2: kind of up, up in the air.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, some people like the the classic with Oli. Some folks are big on the Barry Windermere. My friend Sean, uh, he claims that's the best version of the, the horseman, uh, you know, but it's but just those three. It was such a nice like spread of. You had, you know, the, the the high class, you had the working class, and then Tully Blanchard just always seemed angry. Well, that's because
2: Tully that's what Tully Blanchard's yeah. job was. Yes.
1: Um, he was
2: he he was the he, he was the angry guy who was everybody else.
1: Oh yeah, I know. And he I remember as a kid with my, my parents took us to see a match down at the Miami Beach Convention Center and uh, watched Tully Blanchard take a spoon to Dusty Rhodes' forehead.
2: Oh yeah. Oh man blood back in the day but i i the one thing that i that that everything has become routine nothing is they save the really really special stuff for the bigger pay-per-views um which i'm down with because you need to build to something and that's where you're going to make your money and and mm. i i get it but you can't put on as your main attraction a match that i saw three weeks ago yeah or a month ago you know, that's kind of where I, I dig what they're doing with Brock Lesnar, because Brock Lesnar is a legitimate beast. But when you start having and mad respect to Seth Rollins, because there's I, I don't think that there's a better worker in the business today than Seth Rollins. I think he is the next epitome of Shawn Michaels. Yes, um, he is this generation. Shawn Michaels, great, um,
1: in-ring, great in-ring worker can kind of
2: promo like top grade fantastic talker good worker doesn't get hurt a lot no (laughs) is very reliable but he beats the tar out of brock lesnar sorry yeah i i I, mm -mm, no goldberg okay maybe i'll give you that one goldberg sure i can see him and brock lesnar tearing it apart but why it not even no i don't even see bray wyatt because you don't. You you have to be able to match up with the enthusiasm. Yeah. You have to be yep, able. No, to, right. You have to be able to match up. You know, it, it's not. The, you try so hard to do a Shawn Michaels Undertaker <laughs> and fail miserably because those two just—he's not there yet. Yeah. No. Ten years from now, sure. When he's got fifteen years in the business and you've seen him do all of these amazing things for, you can believe. That this is possible, but, but even,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, but even fresh, still, like no. but, e- but even still, like even the 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 Shawn Michaels Undertaker, the Undertaker, while a you know to 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 use the word phenom, like he's not what well, he was never the physical beast that Brock Lesnar is. You know, he's Brock Lesnar is just you know a wall of human flesh. It's you know there there's a physicality there where you're like you know how how does how does anybody who isn't, you know, Goldberg or I don't you know who's who's his who's, who's his size any like even comes close to that size. That's why I was throwing Bray Wyatt, because Bray Wyatt's got
2: the size, but he doesn't quite have the like you said, the enthusiasm. Um yeah, there's the the only person that's really around that's got the same size would probably be a Braun Strowman. Yeah. And that's it. I mean the the, the days of WWE being the land of the giants is really over yeah there's not many you know i i think the biggest guy that's in wwe right now and i don't count big show because he, he i don't tech, think he's he technically- around very much anymore <clears throat> is braun Strowman. and i think he's maybe seven foot but the days of having you know i oh god who's the what's the other guy's name um Drew McIntyre, he's probably the next biggest guy. And they and they had didn't they
1: have Drew McIntyre beat uh, Goldberg in one of the the pay per views? Not too, about a year ago maybe.
2: Uh, Beat Lesnar WrestleMania.
1: Right. Okay. So it was WrestleMania. I I remember I I I used to watch uh, the uh, Watt Culture uh, YouTube uh, Mm -hmm. shows where they cover events and stuff. So I remember hearing that. But yeah, yeah, no, you're because yeah. You're probably right on that, that Drew McIntyre and probably the next biggest. It's funny because if you look at uh, AEW now, they've got um that Lance Archer and they've got Brody Lee as their big men. Uh plus, you know, Jake Hager or Jack Hager, Jake. Uh but that's they and I'll say this, AEW kinda is is ripping off the uh Goldberg slash Lesnar uh angle with, with Hager. You know they're just making him the unstoppable beast.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can you, if you can find one that you can build up to that, then yeah, go for it. But going back to what I was saying about the it being muddled down, I mean, this the the next pay per view is Hell in the Cell, and this is what you've got. You've got Roman Reigns, Jey Uso. jay Uso's like a foot shorter than him in, foot shorter than him, and it's is more it, of a high higher than a power guy. And isn't he also generally been a tag team? Yeah.
1: And this is him kind of breaking out of the tag team. Oh, oh! It's so it's the, WGW, the WWE's practice of we have a really, really over tag team. Let's start breaking up, breaking out the
2: the guys to be singles. Well, see if they're see if they can work at being singles because that's how that's how you got to build them. I mean, for crying out loud, Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty. Yeah, no, Shawn I, Michaels was going to be Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty were thing, but could they be more than what could could the individuals be more than what they were? Yeah. For? I, I see what you're saying
1: there. There, you you definitely were. I mean, and, and the behind the scenes on that was is that Jannetty was beginning to be unreliable to show up to house shows, and it was well, we've got Shawn Michaels. He's maybe not the biggest of guys, but he's got personality. He's can cut promos, and we can, you know, we we can ride him to you know,
2: and in, in the WWE's post Hogan era. Well, the biggest thing is he, that he could work and he could work it to mm-hmm. where the bigger guys were brought down to his size. Absolutely. Um, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, which would be a really interesting match if we hadn't seen this already. Let's just say Bayley, that. Bailey, Sasha Banks, I, again. Uh, I, I mean, these matches, we've seen them already. And this is upcoming pay-per-view. And yeah, there's new storylines that they're they're trying to work out, but until they start moving people around and creating new matches, there's only so much you can do when you have three top card three top guys, three mid guys and three low guys. How many times can we see the same three guys going one on each other? You got to start You got to do something to mix it up because that's one of the reasons why I just, I don't care if I don't watch because I've seen all of it already. I I guess so there's, so I I hear what you're saying, but I
1: also think back to the day when it's like, you know, the, the old uh, WCW, you know, where you'd have, you know, uh, Flair Rhodes or Flair Sting or Sting Luger and it'd be like the second or third time or, or Flair uh, Steamboat where you get, multiple you know you would get a series of matches between them you know co- going across uh pay-per-views
2: right but you're you're also talking Flair flare steamboat did a th- a set of three matches you know how long those matches you know how long between those matches were there were a couple of years between them there are two years from the first to the third right so it's not like hey i just saw this match last month or that's true hey didn't we just didn't we didn't i just see this match two weeks ago on TV for free. Why am I paying for? It? Versus what they were doing with Brock Lesnar, where he's the feature. He's only going to come in and wrestle on the pay per views. Right. He'll come and talk. He might beat somebody up, but yeah. you're not going to see him in a match on Raw. And then six days later, see that same match. On- it seems like it seems like what
1: they've got away from is what we used to, used to have. And I guess it's maybe because TV time is more precious than it used to be, but Used to have those squash, master, squash matches, you know, where you'd have you know Ric Flair taking on uh someone like Kurosawa. Uh and you know, it's a it's a nice little five minute, you know, match between seg you know, between promo segments, and you know the outcome of the match is gonna
2: be so and so versus local talent. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. I believe me, I'm 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 totally hip, but but you don't
1: have those anymore. It doesn't seem like if you wanted to get Brock Lesnar onto a Raw once
2: in a while, have him go out there and smash some some new guy. Why, when you can just have you can you can have him just stand in the ring and look menacing while somebody else talks for him. Well, while Paul Heyman comes out and runs his mouth, which he's really really good at, and then all he has to do is stand there. You don't even have to have him squash anybody because that's a spot that can go to somebody else, and which and, I'm down with.
1: And and with the way the, the wrestling world is where there's, you know, only a few large companies, those rosters have to be full of, you know, you've got such full rosters that you can't really have a have that squash guy. You can't have local talent.
2: Well, uh, in, in this climate, it's even harder because they're the, yeah. the business model has been shaken to the core. And much like with everything else. I mean, they're they're. People are getting cut left, right, and center, mm-hmm. and there's only so much money to go around when you can't bring people in to pay yeah. to watch the show. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I, there, there's only so much you can do with $9.99 a month. <laughs> yeah, you know. And, and if you're not holding, you're not if you're not doing pay per views, and really the WWE took the biggest bite, and they had to cancel WrestleMania. That's eighty thousand tickets that they had to refund. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Not to mention now you've got you know you you you've got all of that plus all of the merchandise that they don't have. Now you've got all of this other stuff that you've already shelled out tons of money for production, etc., 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 going down the line. That now you've already shelled out the money, but now you don't. So it, it's going to take some time for these companies to come back and get back into the swing of things. Yeah. And I think one of the, the other big things was uh, with
1: them was the, uh, you, know, you they also then had to go out and spend money on shooting the segments that were replacing the matches. You know, they did the two days of, of matches you know, and they, I mean, there was the, the, the awesome, you know, graveyard, uh, boneyard match. Sorry. Let me get that correct. Um, you know,
2: but your two most interesting things on the uh, on the entire WrestleMania pay-per-view, two matches that weren't live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Firefly Flanhouse match, which I still I, I, I've gone back and watched like four times. And yeah, I still don't get it. But that's OK. That's exactly what it was supposed to do.
1: Yeah. But I mean, but so then I
2: think we put KK to sleep over there. She hasn't said a word in like half an hour. <laughs> She's still. Oh,
0: Hello.
2: Huh? What? Hi. Hi. <laughs> we got talking wrestling and you went to sleep. <laughs> that was Was funny.
0: it fun? Was it a good wrestling talk? Did we beat yeah. up on each other?
1: We did not beat up on each other. I think, I think Will and I form a, an awesome tag team. Okay. Yes. Good for uh, you. I want to, I, I want to <laughs> slip, I want to slip back to Star Trek. Um, we, uh, the week before, Uh, Star Trek Lower Decks wrapped up. And uh, I I think taking a look at this season as a whole um, has been a very interesting take on the TNG era of Star Trek.
0: Interesting is a good word. Goofball is a good word.
1: Goofball is definitely a good word. Um, (laughs) But they went back to the episodic approach to Star Trek um, which TNG base, was based on, and TOS was based on. Um, ton of fan service um, and spoil and Easter eggs and, and all sorts of, of references that uh, made my little Trek fan heart swell. But they <laughs> yeah, also it,
0: it's a lot of fun.
1: But they also managed to um, bring a lot of heart into it, and I think that's probably my my the part that I love the most about it is while they were doing the goofball thing. Um, and and I think as uh was it uh Chris Naglin I mentioned like first couple episodes where it kept being kind of dump on uh Boimler for being the rules follower um it sh- it, it it shook itself out it made the lower deck uh core group um, Boimler ruffleford uh I was gonna say Burnham, but that's not the right one uh Mariner and uh I always get her name wrong Tendi? sure. Uh-huh. But they, you know, they made them into a, a friendly group, a group that can playfully dig at each other here and there. But you got the feeling that they really were friends, um, really had a, a relationship built. And you know, I know I was a little hesitant when I heard that you know the the showrunner creator was from the Rick and Morty camp because while I do I have enjoyed Rick and Morty, there are times where it's so nihilistic and so kind of negative that I kind of was like I don't want that for my trek. I don't want I don't want Star Trek to take that on.
0: No, no, there's there's definitely it's it's a good balance. You know, it definitely leans towards the goofball side um but there's a balance and there's fun and there's not too much negativity. There's not the kind of harshness um, of some other cartoons that have kind of gone down that road, it's it's a lot of fun, and you know, I'd recommend it to anyone who has a twisted sense of humor <laughs> and understands Star Trek very well. It is very much for the fans.
1: Um, and, and one other cool point, uh, going back to our talk about Discovery, um, the post production uh, special effects for Discovery were all done uh, remotely uh, because they didn't start doing that until. The pandemic shutdown happened for Hollywood, so uh, I, I, I'm wondering what, like, what that would mean for the economy of special effects-laden television. Um, you know, does that make it cheaper not having to have everybody come into a location to work on it, um, or does it make it more expensive? I, I'd be interested to see the economy of uh, genre, special effects-heavy shows.
2: I'll just look at one of the most uh, FX heavy shows in production currently, being *Mandalorian*, and I think you'll have your answer. Do tell. Well, because I mean, they're they're already starting to influence how TV and yeah. movies are made. Yeah. I mean, they they've already uh, the the producers of *The Batman* have come out and said that they're using similar technology. Yeah. So. I mean, any time that you can get any kind of wiggle room in your production schedule, all the better because yeah. that means that you're not you you don't have to have everybody in one place to do one thing. You can do multiple shots and then put everything together.
1: Yeah, I I think it was just it was I was thinking more about like the post production side of it. Um, yeah, you know, because but it does seem like from watching the gallery, um, it does seem like they're doing production and post-production almost at the same time with the uh with the vault
0: yeah yeah uh now i'm kind of thinking about that like really taking that in and from what we saw because of the way that they're filming it they do have that opportunity it's it's like digital photography they can look at it right there and go okay we need to fix that and we can fix it right now yeah you know i mean that's so
1: cool they're what they're tapping the unity engine the the used for many many video games. Mm. So, yeah, I can, you know, it's an interesting approach. But then when you have social, you know, the, the quarantining and the social distancing, um that type of shooting is going to become problematic.
0: Well, I mean, they're doing a lot of different things to get around it, you know. They're doing quarantine pods and they're doing kind of sequestering actors for, you know, chunks of time to film things and like you know, to quote uh you know a wonderful dinosaur movie life finds a way you know mm-hmm. and we're as humans even though yes we we still should be quarantining and we still should be taking this pandemic very seriously people are finding ways you know and the film industry is finding ways because if they don't it's gonna die and we can't have
2: Jurassic that reference. <laughs> yeah, definitely
0: <laughs> but
2: i'm i i think to go into the sports ball world, I mean, if you really want to look at how you can do things and make it work, just look at what the NBA did. yeah, Put them in a the bubble. You're here. We're going to do this. No, yeah. you can't. You're not going to leave because if you leave, you're not going to be coming back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, The so the NBA. We do this in the short term. We get our season in. We make it as good as we can. And how many games did they have to cancel? Not I many. I have no idea. If, if at all any but not like baseball not yeah. like bass not like not like football where they're still traveling they're still open they can still go out and do everything that they want that they're going to do and they're getting cases so if you have if you're shooting a movie and you go okay we're all going to go here and we're going to all be together for the next 3 months and we're taking over this We're going to make this town. Yeah. And we're going to and we're going to test everybody on the regular and we're going to shoot this movie. And then when it's done, everybody can go their own way. And I believe that's what they're doing with Matrix four, which they're current. I think they're wrapping up shooting very soon.
0: Okay, somehow I missed this. Oh no, we've, we've, there's we've, another we've, matrix being yeah, I, we've, we've mentioned this. Yeah. Have we? Okay. <laughs> this is the fun part about having a short-term memory loss. Things are new over and over again. <laughs> yeah,
1: no. Uh the uh Lana Wachowski, I believe, uh is is writing and directing. Uh she was able to get uh Keanu and everybody, but all the originals back. Um and yeah, they're
0: Okay. Something.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. And you uh, said it's
0: wrapping up soon. So here's a question. Have they said how they're going to distribute it?
1: Uh, the film will be a joint production between Warner Brothers and Village Roadshow and is scheduled to release December 22nd, 2021.
0: Oh, wow. So, so they've got we, time. Yeah, they've got time. We may we may have movie theaters back by then. I mean, we yeah. kind of do in a crappy sort of way, but, you know, in a safer way, hopefully by then.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, open. Yeah, they are, uh, production of the film was halted in March. On August 16th, Counter Reeves confirmed filming had resumed in Berlin. Uh, and September was announced that uh, uh, Daniel Bernhardt would be reprising his role as Agent Johnson. Um, so, yeah, they, they're mm-hmm. shooting in Germany, which Germany was one of the countries that, you know, was very proactive in shutting down. And, you know, uh, you know I was
0: going to say, I'm, I'm surprised they let us in.
1: Um, I think I think the folks were already there. Plus, uh, you know, there was probably a lot of testing and whatnot, sure. uh, too. Cool. So, yeah, that is that is in the works. Um, Fun which, things. Yes. Wait a minute. I know some people will say, how can there be a Matrix 4 when there was, like, only the first two Matrix movies?
2: Ah, but there were three.
1: Yes. They're counting. They're, no, no. They're, they're, the third Matrix movie, a lot of folks are not... Uh, Not fans of.
0: I don't know if I even saw the third one.
1: Matrix Revolutions.
0: If I did, I don't remember. I remember the second one, but only for like three or four scenes of it.
2: Fantastic storytelling. It tells a great story. It does. It really does. I mean, put a pin in the fact that it's, it's, it, this is why people bother me. And this is where I get really, really judgy. Preach. uh, Stick a pin in it. Enjoy the <laughs> story. It's a fantastic story. Absolutely. And it's well acted all the way around. And if you can put off the oh, I don't like the French guy. So what? It's a story. It's he's he's playing a part that calls for yeah. the overacting for crying out loud. You love Jim Carrey shut up
0: <laughs> seriously I, no, I, I will give you a geek point for that
2: yeah no and you i
1: you not only that but like who who would you put in that role if not him you know it's um yeah it's like That's the
0: a- um it's like the russian guy in uh um Again? yes you know he was such a character and so caricature and so over the top but you couldn't help but love him you know because he was just such a doofus
1: Well, I mean, the guy's been stuck on a satellite
2: for by himself.
0: Yeah, you'd go a little crazy, too. Speaking of, what's going on in space, Will?
2: Uh, Wow, uh, not a whole hell of a lot. Um,
0: Non-secular segue. (laughs) uh,
2: Actually, Blue Horizon just had a a very successful test, uh, moving us one step closer to another moon mission. Cool. Which was supposed to happen this year, but kinda got pushed back due to delays of testing and technology and stuff. Definitely, um, but that was a ver that was very interesting. They managed to to get into a low orbit and then come back and everything worked exactly as it was supposed to for the first time. So hey. kudos to that. Uh we launched some more astronauts from uh unfortunately from Russia but not from American soil, but that's okay. So we get some new astronauts up on the ISS and uh, just trudging right along. I have some space news. I've actually had this story uh, starred. Ooh,
1: nice. Hit me. Uh, so uh, there for the last two years, there's been a uh, U.S. spacecraft uh, orbiting an uh, asteroid. And this week, that spacecraft will attempt to descend to the treacherous boulder and snatch a handful of rubble and then return with it to the earth. Uh, oh. And this is, it's our first crack at uh, collecting asteroid samples to return to Earth. Uh, the US's first attempt uh, the Japanese uh, did this uh, a couple years back where they did that uh, like they detonated a thing on an astro- on a comet I think or might have been an asteroid and then collected uh, what what blew back. Uh, So this is the OSIRIS-REx mission. Um, They're looking to bring back at least two ounces or 60 grams worth of asteroid Bennu. It's the biggest otherworldly haul from beyond the moon. Um, And that's going on uh, sometime this week. The spacecraft is the size of a van. uh, And uh, it's aiming for a crater that they call Nightingale. Uh, And uh, it's a spot that they say is uh, uh, comparable to the size of a few parking spaces huh
0: yeah okay
2: yeah so they will i uh, I actually did see the headline mm -hmm. i didn't get to i I saw it earlier today i didn't get a chance to read the story and i'm glad that you brought it up because i went back and just looked at the the headline uh it's from cnn (laughs) and it makes me chuckle asteroid benny was about to play tag with a nasa spacecraft I saw that tag this morning and I was like that, that made me chuckle.
0: That's, that's cool.
1: Yeah, so that's uh we're doing that which is a very interesting, you know, the the possibilities of of what that means for future unmanned uh spacecraft missions.
2: Um I'm more interested in planetary defense, keeping okay. keeping things from hitting us. Oh yeah. If you got, if you got something that's on a collision course, man, go send, send up a UAV handle that. And (laughs) if this is the, if this is one of the the tests of what can we do with it and Hey, I'm down because if we can keep the planet killer away from us, that'd be great. Um,
1: The other news uh, that I, I I chuckled about when we were talking before the show is uh, NASA and Nokia, uh, have come to an agreement to put a 4G network on the moon. As part of the goal of by 2020 to build a lunar base uh, and to sustain a human presence on the moon, NASA NASA has awarded a $370 million uh, uh, grant to over a dozen companies to deploy technology on the lunar surface. These innovations include remote power generation, cryogenic freezing, robotics, uh, safer landing and 4G. because
2: ah,
0: um, you got to have phones on the moon.
2: Um. Well, it, hey, if you're gonna give that contract to anybody, wouldn't you want it to be Nokia?
0: Oh yeah, totally. I mean, you can't kill them. Make,
2: they make phones that you can't break. Exactly.
1: Um, <laughs> NASA says 4G can provide more reliable, longer distance communications than the current radio standards in place on the moon. Uh, and like on Earth, the 4G network will eventually be upgraded to 5G. <laughs> Uh, Nokia Bell Labs was granted 14.1 million dollars for the project. Uh, Bell Labs, formerly operated by AT&T, will partner with Spaceflight Engineering Company, Intuitive Machines, to build out the 4G LTE network. So, because the be astronauts need their Instagram. <laughs> Listen, what? a selfie from the moon. Seriously. What? I'm down. <laughs> also, I mean, when you're on the moon, you got bored. You know, you just go go on YouTube and Netflix. Yeah.
0: Netflix, Netflix, playing some TikTok, you know, whatever.
1: Oh my god! So you, you know when when there's three, you Keep get like for the geek out right there. <laughs> Take that! Take that. Okay. <laughs> I just no no I was just thinking it's like like every time like the kids like on their new phones or whatever log into my Netflix because we share you know we we have like the family thing so like you can have it up at the four screens. Uh-huh. I'll get a notification of oh there was a new login from wherever. Imagine getting that, you know, your astronaut friend is using your Netflix login. We've got a new
2: login from, you know. The moon. The Sea of Tranquility. (laughs) Lunar Base One. Are you kidding me? That would be a screenshot and be my profile (laughs) pic. Oh.
0: That's amazing. (laughs)
2: That would absolutely be my profile picture. Priorities. From the moon. (laughs) That's right.
0: I got connections.
2: Right. <laughs> Interstellar, baby.
0: Totally, man. We're going to be interviewing those guys because you know they're geeks. Oh, you know wh- the. I mean, like there's astronauts with like Starfleet com badges on their spacesuits. Like we are going to interview these guys. <laughs> yeah. Down. <yeah.
1: laughs> oh, and uh, space force. Uh, our the latest TV
2: show or the actual thing.
1: The actual thing. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Is is readying to begin training. Uh, The the hopeful recruits will ship out this week to begin training for the
2: first Space Force's first enlisted recruits. Interesting. Yep.
0: Hmm. Uh,
2: My my question is still to do what, but that's okay.
0: (laughs) To send selfies from the moon (laughs) in Tesla's
1: uh they'll be going to the uh they will be joining air force recruits uh for basic military training
0: cool okay sure <laughs> the world is a weird place right now guys like there's somebody there's 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 a twist it i don't know it, i'm waiting for the punchline but <laughs> the world is a very weird place
2: it's either a punchline or the other shoe to drop, one or the mm-hmm. other.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's interesting. And in, in all of this crazy, crazy stuff that's going on in the world, I've also seen some of the coolest innovations in everything. Art, science, technology. It, I mean, it. it's just, you know, people are bored and inventing shit. There's you know there's there's new takes on superheroes there's people that writers that would never otherwise have been acknowledged that are you know starting to get their work out there and and artists who nobody would have noticed that are getting noticed and like all of this cool stuff you know and it's just it's it's really neat i mean you know we've talked about before we have our you know our thrift shop and we get to see kind of firsthand the world like ground zero of the world in, in all of its splendid glory and craziness, <laughs> those are stories for another time. Um, but, but we also get to see like, cause our, our shop is in a college town and we get to see these kids, you know, and I, and I use the word kids lately because they're, they're young adults, you know, they're late teens and early twenties and, and they're coming in and we're connecting with them on, on crazy levels you know the stuff that that we think oh you know we're old and and we know this stuff and but now they're finding it too you know they're finding star trek and dungeons and dragons and and you know all of this stuff and we're connecting non-matters of pride and and you know all sorts of of interesting things you know because of this just absolute batshit craziness that is the world that is true It has
2: opened, that the world has gotten much smaller uh, in all of this as people have more time to take it all in.
0: People are pursuing their dreams in ways that they hadn't before. You know, sometimes out of necessity, you know, I mean, people are losing jobs, people are losing, you know, stability, and they're having to find ways and they're turning to their creativity and they're turning to, you know, genres that they had previously not paid attention to. You know, and people are starting to make a living at the things that they love doing. You know, like us doing this. Who knew? True.
1: Fair um, sure. point. It's, it's uh, the 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 most interesting thing that, that happened uh, has happened in the store since I've been there. So, woman who came in um, looking to do Nurse Ratchet from Ratcheted, uh, the Netflix series.
0: I love it. I love it. I'm so here for it. And
1: uh, thankfully, we have that lovely stock of rather interesting hats. Yeah. Uh, but it was just like she holds up her phone. She's like, Do you have anything that would look like this? And it was, you know, Nurse Ratchet from, you know, uh, definitely played by Sarah Paulson.
2: Oh, yes.
0: Uh,
1: and it was just like, I got hats. We may have coats, but uh, yeah. we have some pretty cool dresses too. Yeah. So it was just rather, it was rather interesting because it was so off of like our, the normal, like, pirate superhero uh, trying to think what was what else i've seen you know just it was such a different
0: like last character. year when i outfitted like five jokers
1: oh my god <laughs> <laughs> two in one day yeah
0: nice. uh, but yeah yeah that, kids that are are our...
2: jackets laying around
0: uh, you know it was funny because it was the red jacket joker ah. last year Everybody was looking for red pants and red jackets. I do not have one pair of red pants in my shop. <laughs> it was really, except for one guy who I managed to, he wanted to, he decided to go purple and I converted him to Prince because he looked better as Prince. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah the, nur- the, the nurse ratchet thing was really cool. By the way, that's an amazing show. We've talked about it a little bit, um, but we we got to the end of the season. Yes. And whoa.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, that went places I was really surprised.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, that definitely went some crazy places. It, it, it took some, some wild left turns, uh, that I wasn't expecting. And it was, it was well done. You know, perfect at the start of like spooky season. Yes. You know, I started watching, um, the haunting of ivy house ivy House is it ivy House. Lime manor yeah that's it Lime manor because you are the other half of my brain started watching that definitely not for the faint of heart um but if you're if you're if you're a geek for horror if you're a geek for suspense really interesting stuff cool story uh interest it was neat it's neat the way it's done very similar to uh ratchet where they kind of go back and forth uh like flashback present day kind of stuff um there's quite a bit of that in this one too and it's really interesting there's actually a very deep story uh which sometimes gets kind of left by the wayside in in your spookier of uh of things um there's actually because like at first i was like if this is another hill house i'm gonna be i'm gonna be upset because like hill house was cool we don't need another one uh but yeah no it's it's pretty cool i'm i'm five or six episodes in, and if you're looking for something spooky for Spooky Season that you haven't seen yet, highly recommend that one.
1: Very cool. Yeah. Uh, we also just finished watching the first two seasons of Cobra Kai, since it's <laughs> now on Netflix.
0: Alright, now the dork in us really comes out.
1: Um, <laughs> It was everything I hoped it would be. It was, <laughs> But there were times, we were watching it, and there were times it's just like, so there were... There were there were some issues. Um, so if you're unaware, Cobra Kai started off on YouTube Red slash YouTube Premium, and then Netflix bought it and uh, has greenlit a season three and season four, I believe. Um, it's somewhat told from the perspective of Johnny Lawrence, uh, who would who who is played by uh, William Zabka. Uh, he is the blonde-haired uh, foil uh, of of the original. Karate Kid movie Um, and I know what they're trying to do Uh, you know kind of putting him slightly out of touch and kind of still living in the past but man did they make him way too dense like I don't you know he's you know supposed to be in his you know either late 40s maybe early 50s and has like no clue what smartphones are or Facebook or the internet it's like he was kind of it, it was kind of almost beggaring the imagination that someone would be that like if he was supposed to be someone's grandfather at like sixty five or seventy, I could almost get it, but even my dad has a smartphone and and you know checks his email on his phone and stuff, so
0: right like it was beyond Luddite it was like coma patient, yeah, <laughs> like if he had been in a coma for the past thirty years,
1: yeah it, and it,
0: just woken up, this would make sense, but right it was a little too much
1: yeah cuz this guy come on anybody who lived through the 90s and early 2000s remember getting those AOL CDs in the mail when you shopped you checked out at Walmart or Target Sears i remember i think the one time getting them there it's like you know the internet is not you know for someone in in, in our age range and slightly older than us the internet's not some weird nebulous thing you've you've used it Contrary
0: to Gen X's popular belief. Not Gen X. We're Gen X. Gen yes, Z the millennials. The millennials, Gen Z, the youngins. They all think yeah. we don't know what we're doing. But we do well, a little no,
1: bit. No, no, they know we know what we're doing. It's 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 the boomers who are the, it's like if <laughs> if Johnny had been a boomer, then it then the jokes would have made more sense. The or not the jokes, but the the whole him as not understanding modern technologies. Um yeah, but it was, like
0: not even understanding what the word "internet" means, you know, and things yeah. like that was a little rough. But other than that, um, they have proven that it is possible to go almost an entire season with no clear good guy.
1: Two seasons. Two seasons. Two seasons. <laughs> with no clear good guy.
0: Because <laughs> you're like,
1: okay, so so Johnny's here and he's doing this thing, and okay, there's 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 a uh, Daniel and Daniel's doing, and you're like, I I don't they don't really seem, they don't really seem like good people. Either of them. No. Um, and, and, and then when they bring crease back, then you're like, Oh wait, there's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. These guys are just shit. That's a bad guy. Um, but it was interesting. Uh, the acting from the kids who, you know, like most ma- movies aren't really kids. Uh, it's the actress who plays Samantha, uh, Daniel's daughter is like 24 and she's supposed to be 16 or something so um, 16, though. What?
0: She's a pretty convincing 16 though. She She's a
1: convincing 16, but, you know, it's the uh 90210 teenage. Maybe not quite as bad as a 90210 teenage.
0: No, I, I I don't think it's as bad. Um cuz there's there's some of the kids are definitely kids.
1: Yeah, no, know. They are I mean, definitely young. Um but it was the, the, the some of the leads are a little older than what they are billed as. Um I found something rather interesting and it's not really related to the show but William Zabka was actually nominated for a an Academy Award for writing for a best short film live action uh called Most. Really? Uh, he, yeah, he was nominated with a uh, uh, co-author uh, co-writer uh Bobby uh, Garabedian um which I just found that like and I know one of the things people have been thinking is like, oh, that guy hasn't been around. But like I pulled up his IMDB the other day and like he has been working like continuously guest spots here and there, uh, you know, maybe smaller movies or whatever. But like he's not like he didn't disappear after, you know, Karate Kid or actually after like, you know, back to school. Um, he's, you know, he's been around and, and doing things. And it's it's cool to see. It's just, you know. I guess he hadn't done anything really big in a while, but it was uh it, it's a it's a fun show. Um, and if you like the Karate Kid series, um, one, Kayla and I, in preparing to watch Cobra Kai, watch the first two Karate Kids. You need to watch the third one. Um, but
0: yeah, I, I don't really think enjoyed. I've. Did what? you like the third one? I I have never seen it.
2: I I I did. That's the uh, the the third one is where they go uh, to Okinawa, right? So second that's one. The second. That's the second one. Okay. So the third one is Daniel. Um, they come back,
1: uh, priest goes and gets a Vietnam buddy back, uh, silver who reopened, they reopen Cobra Kai and Daniel uh, Miyagi won't train Daniel to, and to defend his all Valley under 18, uh, title. So Daniel actually goes and starts training with Cobra Kai with silver. Um, that's really, if a man can't see, he can't fight. If a man can't breathe, he can't fight. Uh, that line comes yeah, I think
2: out. I've seen it maybe once.
1: It's 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 not as good as the first two. Um, but it, it is, it's, there is a scene in it where um, Daniel uses uh, his college money to help Mr. Miyagi open a bonsai tree store. Um, and then, of course, the new version of Cobra Kai come and damage it and uh, and Daniel ha- goes, and I remember I mentioned we were watching Karate Kid 2, and I mentioned, oh, I think this is where he goes and gets this bonsai tree that's like all over the side of a cliff. But no, that's in three. Um, and they use that tree to kind of become the basis for Mr. Miyagi's uh, bonsai uh, shop. But I liked it. It was, it, it's a good Karate Kid movie, but compared to one and two, and it lacks, it lacks a bit of the storytelling. <laughs> um fair
0: uh wasn't there a four
1: there was a four and there um, was a, it was a girl it was hillary swank who was, had that who it was? yes yep. that is
0: holy cow okay
1: yep she uh and a good movie too yep. i'm old
0: not a touch too
1: uh the new karate kid as it was uh titled uh, uh yeah it uh it was the uh, it's the only one that ralph macchio wasn't in but it, it, it didn't perform well mm. um but yeah, it was. I want to say it was very early in her career, um, and of course, she would then go on to you know win an Academy Award for Million Dollar Baby. So, <laughs> ta-da!
0: Yeah. What did you guys think of the remake with Jaden Smith? I
1: have not seen it.
0: We, you you need to watch it. I loved it. I actually thought it was really good. It Will have you okay. seen it? It was. Okay. It was okay. okay. I thought it was cool. I thought it was an interesting take. It was a very similar story. That was. I think if there was any complaint, it was that it was kind of. It was a remake. It was kind of just the same story. Um, but I thought Jaden Smith did a great job. I thought it was it was well done and it was compelling. You know, it was it was a different, a little bit different take on it.
1: Uh I wanna I wanna from the Department of Corrections. Uh-huh. Uh Hillary was nominated for Million Dollar Baby, but she won for Boys Don't Cry for Best Lead
0: Actress. Ah.
1: Amongst a ton of other awards. She actually got awarded for a lot for both of the movies. So I'll give
0: yeah. you a geek point for good research.
2: And her first movie was what? Next Karate Kid was her second movie. Oof.
0: Without Googling. Her,
2: her first movie was what?
0: I have I no idea. Tell us a wise one.
1: I, I'm I'm trying to think, but it's... <laughs>
2: well, <laughs> out with like... Vampire
1: Slayer. Really? The movie. Was she, was she the younger sister? She was.
0: I, I like barely paid attention to the younger sister. That's another movie I need to watch again. I usually go back around spooky though. season and that is definitely a geek point for you (laughs) huh
2: and a half decent movie as well yeah vampire slayer absolutely half decent not as good as tv show but
0: decent but it launched the tv show that's true you know so you got to give it credit there because the tv show was phenomenal i don't care what anybody says
1: my only problem with the tv show is again and we were talking about uh you know the, the the first couple seasons it took so long like i've tried watching that 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 first uh that first season and it's it, it drags it drags a lot it
0: does a little it, bit
1: it had to find its legs yeah yep. no yep. And it's, it takes and, a
0: couple seasons
1: and it's the same thing like i've tried to watch i've tried to get into supernatural and i think i've said this before on the show and that first um i'm like midway through the first season it's like i can see where they're going and i see what they want to do with the the meta plot to it but oh man that it's just oof
0: I like going back to those old series and just how young some of those actors that, that like, like we were talking about with the younger sister, but like how far they've come. I I love going back and seeing the first appearance of Angel. That's just this kid that eventually would become David Boreanaz. He, was, he looked like he was 12.
2: <laughs> he might have been.
0: He may have been. He was young. He was super young.
2: Very close to it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You know, he Shall gr- we it's... jump
2: into a, a little bit of news there, Joe? What? Sorry, news! I didn't, I didn't mean to cut Kay off. I'm sorry. No, it's
0: okay. I was just giggling over young actors. <laughs> I'm fine. I promise. It's, it's late. It's okay. It's only 9.30. It's bedtime. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Welcome to my world.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's going on in news? Do you have stuff? I bet you have stuff.
2: I I have a couple of little things. Nothing major. Uh I do have, I, I I'm gonna lead off with bad news. Oh. Mm. Um especially for Joe. Um podcasting's become outlawed. No, but uh Dragonlance authors I Tracy that. Hickman yeah. and Margaret Weiss are suing Wizards of the Coast for breach of contract.
0: Oh no! Mommy and daddy can't fight.
2: Oh they're fighting. No. <laughs> they're fighting, and not only are they fighting, but they're fighting in US district court.
0: Shit. Um uh, yep.
2: they are they have filed a breach of contract, um, because they're they turned in uh their first final draft. Um Everything looked good. It got a thumbs up, and then out of the blue, it was killed. And mm-hmm. the uh, the authors are blaming Wizards of the Coast for killing it for no reason. Um, and it's become very, very public. They're accusing Wizards of being just a horrible working environment. And um, yeah, so
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's gonna be a that's gonna be an interesting one to watch.
0: Oh, sad face.
2: So, no new Dragonlance novels coming.
0: Maybe hmm. I can get caught up now.
2: <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've had our we we've had our first casualty of the uh, who who broke the truce first. Uh, GameStop has released their 2020 holiday gift guide. Uh oh. <laughs> no. They're
0: first. It's they, not they Halloween are.
2: yet. <laughs> I know, but they're first. It that released earlier today. Uh, uh, and some really interesting things in here. Uh, actually, if you go uh, towards the back end of the catalog, uh, it's really, really cool. I, I there's this really neat like sleeping bag that I want to get, <laughs> and it got real quiet.
0: No, I was waiting for you to tell us what the sleeping bag was. I think I missed it.
2: It's a tauntaun. Nice. Oh yes,
0: I love the tauntaun sleeping bag. I've always wanted one of those.
2: I I'm I'm digging it, but I don't know. about price tag
0: Mm, Yeah I also don't know They make them for adults now Because I know when they originally started making them They were just for kids
2: Well the picture that I'm looking at This dude's got a beard Like I mean a good beard
0: Yay! Joe
2: Joe (laughs) would be proud So (laughs) if this If this is for for kids Then they need to work on their pictures
0: (laughs) (laughs) Cool Um
2: yeah, that's just the the little kid in me is going, hey, that'd be awesome, not at $150. Right?
0: Oh, my God. We actually got in the mail the other day, and I kind of giggled. Um, We got from Amazon. They put out a, uh, you know how Sears used to do the toy catalog around the holidays? Uh, Amazon yes. put one out, and we got it in the mail the other day. It's just
2: Toys R Us isn't around to do it anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, but basically. They, but they
2: are coming
1: back.
0: Toys R Us is coming back?
1: Yep. yep. <gasps> Wait, uh, what? Yeah, uh, there was news a month or two back about Toys R Us. basic... Uh, uh, tr- I'm trying to remember the story. But basically, uh, they a group of investors went to the, into the bankruptcy court. Um, and they are uh, making a comeback. Uh, Toys R Us Canada... Uh, I believe is their first part of the uh, of the um, project, and I think it's gonna it's not going to be as as big as it was before. They're trying to do uh, they're trying to do it in a more staged opening. Um, but yeah, uh,
2: hmm. yeah, uh, okay, kind of... interesting.
1: Yeah, uh, January twentieth, twenty nineteen, the company emerged from bankruptcy as True Kids. There are two locations now open in the United States for Toys R Us, um, and there are they license out Toys R Us, uh, the Toys R Us trademark uh, internationally. And but the plan is they will uh, they are going to come back.
0: Oh, okay. Probably a big online presence and all of that stuff.
1: That was part of their problem was they they tried to do it and then they uh, they joined up with uh, Amazon. Um, and that, they're back at doing that again. Twenty Twenty ToysRus.com returned to having their sales through Amazon.com. dot um, So
0: that's maybe that's why Amazon put out the catalog.
1: Possibility. Huh. Okay. So interesting. <laughs> um, that's but there's something al- to watch. There's, there's also though. I, I would say to to preserve your childhood, don't look at their the the new rendering of Jeffrey the Giraffe though. It oh, is,
0: see now I have to.
1: <laughs> it is now we now we have to go do.
0: I do. I, I have to do it right now.
1: It's, it's... Is it not good? It isn't. Uh, I will, I will pull it up for you because I'm doing it. It kind of reminds you a little of the uh, giraffe uh, just fell out of my head. Oh, um, he
0: looks like the giraffe from Madagascar.
1: That's what I was going to say. Uh-huh. Uh, Sheld- Sheldon? No.
0: That sounds about right, but I'm not sure if you're right. You've got younger kids, Will.
2: N- nope. Sorry. Never saw it. <laughs> really? never seen it.
0: Oh my goodness. Just just to introduce you to the joy of Gloria and Moto Moto, we may have to have a movie night. Cuz holy cow.
1: <laughs> um so yeah, that's that's what Jeffrey looks
2: like now. It's not good.
0: It's <laughs> it's hmm. not- we'll,
2: we'll we'll post this on the Twitter feed.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. the stars are interesting. Um it's it's very preschool. But then, I mean, like, I don't know. I guess the original was kind of preschool, too. But he was a little bit more realistic, I guess. As, as realistic as a cartoon giraffe can be. Uh, <laughs> we're debating the realism of a cartoon giraffe. This is what our lives have come to. Welcome to being a grown-up. Woo! Uh, you
2: you so take are... that back. <laughs> <laughs> KK? Yo. Are you sitting down? I am. Hold on to the arms of your chairs
0: uh i'm in my bed so i'll hold on to my lap desk
2: right Holding on, on. <laughs> uh the countdown to halloween is on and since everyone needs something to look forward to um we have some good news yay what is it that Midler, sarah jessica parker and kathy najimi have given fans a sneak peek at their upcoming october 30th reunion special over this past weekend stirring up cauldrons everywhere for your three favorite witches are returning for one night only. Eee! In Search of the Sanderson Sisters is going to be the best thing to happen to Halloween since Hocus Pocus and Reese's Pieces is a tweet from Bette Midler herself.
0: Oh my goodness.
2: Uh she tweeted out a photo of all three of the Sanderson sisters in costume for their first dress rehearsal. Um October 30th, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, there will be a virtual event, and tickets for that event are on sale now. You can find them on the interwebs. Just look. You'll find them. Uh, purchasing one will get you more than access to the three leads in costume. In search of the Sanderson sisters, a Hocus Pocus Hulaween takeover will be hosted by none other than Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Holy shit. While a slew of famous faces are also going to stop by, how famous, you ask? Well, how does Meryl Streep, Jennifer Hudson, Glenn Close, Billy Crystal, and Martin Short Sound?
0: All the be- most beautiful witches.
2: Oh, but we're not done yet. Billy Iker, Adam Lambert, John Stamos, Samantha diaz Todrick Hall, and J- Angela Johnson-Reyes, Alex Moffat, Sarah Silverman, Sophie von Heiselberg. Should I continue?
0: i'm i am i'm drooling like holy cow
2: this is all coming um and it looks really really good and it does go to a nice benefit for the new york restoration that's
0: Um, amazing
2: so and it's you know it's
0: this is cool this is good this is wholesome spooky and i'm here for it
2: and for 10 bucks I mean, really? Yeah. Ten bucks.
0: Yeah, that's, that's do it. I'm
2: in. Absolutely. Uh, it is, however, a one time showing. Mm. It will not be rebroadcast after the listed date and time, which is October thirtieth, which is a Friday at eight PM. So it's a if you snooze you lose. If you didn't get there, sorry. Excuse me,
0: Mr. Technical Person in our household. Yes. I would like that for my birthday.
1: Then I'll, I'll go get rid of the thing I got you for your birthday.
0: Oh, no, I'd take that, too.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She just wants more.
0: I just I want to see it. And okay. it's a Friday night. And it's only right. $10.
1: Sounds like a deal.
0: Yay! We should, like, virtual watch it together or something. I don't know how that works.
2: Well, we can all buy tickets because, you know, it goes towards a good cause. Yes, and and my last little thing, and it it, it Bruce Willis is back. Uh-oh. John Mac- John McClane is back.
0: Oh no! Okay, and,
2: you ready for this? Die Hard. Mm-hmm. The 22. commercial. What? Uh, sir, is that your shark I just jumped over? <laughs> I'll I'll let the crickets hit. Bruce Willis has returned as John McLean for a commercial for advanced auto parts.
0: Oh that what okay.
2: And it's not just John McClane who's back. Um Clarence Gillard Jr.'s Theo, who was the limo driver, uh-huh. Is back. Um
0: somebody won somebody lost a poker match.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh sorry. I'm gonna say this and it's gonna I'm gonna bounce this. Theo was one of the bad guys in the okay. original Die Hard. Okay. Played by uh Clarence Gilliard. Uh-huh. Argyle, who was played by Devereux White, is also in this commercial. Okay. So, oh dear lord. I I saw it, it hurt so bad. I, to I wanna look it up it. but I don't, don't wanna look where it up. <laughs> This is where John McClain went to. Oh, really? Um, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Somebody seriously lost a poker match, and
2: we will post the we we will post the cringeworthy in the show notes, and uh. you can go and join me in my misery. <laughs> I watched this, and this is really what it came to. <laughs> it, it is a. A
0: commercial. It's a commercial. It
2: is a commercial. It's a commercial. It's a commercial for Die Hard Batteries. Oh, shit. I really wish to God that I could tell you that I was kidding. It's a two-minute commercial. (laughs) this, This is the kind of thing that you would expect to see on, like, Super Bowl Sunday.
0: Oh, my goodness.
2: If they wanted to spend that kind of money. And I'm thinking, I, I, I'm thinking maybe they they shot it and wanted to use it as a, a, a Super Bowl thing and figured maybe the kite. Super Bowl is not going to be a thing this year and they just want to release it. But that is
0: just, that is too much.
2: <laughs> yeah. Die Hard, oh, wow. the commercial.
0: <laughs> you would think that they yeah. would like. I don't know, release it around Christmas? Because that was like the whole thing, right? Wasn't it Die Hard that was like yes, always was the- around Christmas?
1: Well, the first two are are Christmas-oriented. Uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance wasn't, I don't think I ever saw Live Free or Die Hard or A Good Day to Die
0: Hard. Okay, I don't think yeah. I got past the first two either.
1: <laughs> well, Die Hard with a Vengeance is the one with him and uh, Samuel L. Jackson uh, teamed up, which is one of my favorites of the Die Hard movies.
0: I may I may have to watch that. I may uh, have seen it no, Die no, Hard okay. was
2: a decent movie, but Kevin Smith is what made that movie.
1: <laughs> oh right, that's where he plays uh warlock, right? Yes. The the computer, yeah, okay. yeah, and then wow. like, and I think like a good day to Die Hard, uh, like is you know he gets his he, he yeah he
2: he he uh, he does stuff with his son who okay. can't stand it. <laughs> because john mclean is john mclean
0: <laughs> oh my goodness he's like the poster boy for toxic masculinity like it's, <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> I, wow i
2: will let you go and, and sit and, and watch the two the two minute
0: oh my goodness
2: pole. it 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 is everything that you would think it is wow
0: that is just that's special again we we're living in the twilight zone
2: Hey, whatever you got to do to get a check.
1: <laughs> oh um, I, I will, I will add this little tidbit. I, I, I remember seeing, and I, I confirmed it. Uh, there was talk uh, in like 2018 uh, about doing a prequel John McClane TV series. Uh, and Fox was going to be the one doing it. And it was in development and uh, it, it you know, a lot of people in and out. Um, and then as part of the uh, Disney merger, um, they they killed it, uh, took it okay. off, the took it off the possible slate for shows. Um, however, a <laughs> reorganization of both companies, uh, Disney is now contemplating rebooting the development of McLean for a for streaming as a television series. So so like we, we already... I don't think, I don't think, though, we will get. Bruce Willis re No, if series. it's a
0: prequel, it's gonna have to be some young buck to play uh, him.
1: And a name that was attached as some young buck. Uh Toby McGuire. No.
0: Oh. What okay, they just had to attach some weird name to it to try to get it like approved or something. Cause he I okay. <laughs> but I mean, we know that Fox is not good at making decisions. So
1: <laughs> Ah, but now it's Disney Fox.
0: Now it's Disney. And Disney, I mean, I got to give them credit. They have they have done a really good job at at kind of picking up the pieces and reinventing some stuff and and putting some stuff out that had it not been Disney's decision and Disney putting it in the right hands would not have been as good.
1: Honey, is this you trying to tell Disney that they need to uh they need to look into bringing back Firefly? Is that what you're saying? Is that what I'm hearing?
0: I it's mean, I they mean, they always
2: need to bring back Firefly.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, it, 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 they they could, they they have, they have the money, they have the technology, and I mean, they could is all I'm saying if they if really they wanted, wanted to, to you I'm know.
1: Not, I'm not sure who's 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 available because I think Nathan Fillion have a a, a show now?
0: I think they, I think it would have to be a new, I think they would have to reinvent it and not necessarily in a like, we're just going to reboot it or redo it or do it over again with new actors, but they would have to like take it the next step. So we're still in the same world. Um, you know, the world building has already been done, but they would almost have to take it into new characters. I don't think that they could keep, like, the old characters would have to be of legend, you know, and they would have to bring in, new young characters to kind of continue the the legacy so to speak um because yeah everybody it's been what has it been guys like 10 years longer than 10 years it's been longer than 10 years yeah you know everybody's grown up rivers are grown up you know there's it's everybody has moved on and done other things um names are falling out of my head at the moment Uh, um zoe Has done a plethora of things.
1: I'll I'll make you feel very old. It has been 18 years.
0: Oh my... Wow. Uh,
1: The original release was September 20th through December 20th of 2002.
0: Holy cow. I don't even know what I was doing in 2002.
1: Raising children.
0: Raising children, which is why I have no idea what was going on. But... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're coming up on 20th anniversary. Maybe that's what Disney will do. For our 20th anniversary, here you, do, from, from my mouth to Disney's ears, because we know they're listening, because Mickey listens to everything.
1: You got two years, guys. Oh, man, we are in trouble if Mickey's listening to everything,
2: because <laughs> I have been unkind. <laughs> the mouse has ears everywhere.
0: Yep, so that is my mandate. <laughs> <laughs> i have spoken this is the way this is the way (laughs) um so i i I have i have
1: i have news that might be of interest to you ayla yo this week uh a new book will be coming out oh uh tomorrow in fact a new book is coming out okay uh it is the world of critical role the history behind the epic fantasy by liz marsham uh, it is a three hundred page coffee table book, oh. um, which uh, kind of chronicles the the growth of the Critical Role game from uh, a chrono- The book spans the years of twenty fifteen to twenty nineteen for Critical Role.
0: Oh uh, my god! Yes. Uh, oh, <laughs> I I just okay. I, I yeah. There's uh. there's so much that they have put out that I don't own yet. And I need to, um, but yeah, they they are doing some really incredible things. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, holy cow.
1: Yeah, uh, in the world in the world of Critical Role, readers go deep behind the stream with hundreds of illustrations, profiles of the cast, ample trivia, and plentiful personal and professional photogra- photographs. Uh, mm-hmm. Travis describes it as Travis Willingham uh, mm-hmm. describes it, CEO by the way, uh, describes it as a yearbook that brings clarity to, to critical roles past. Uh, So, you know, as a few folks may know, the game was originally a private game played amongst these nerdy ass uh, voice actors. And uh, eventually Felicia day uh, at the time, you know, co-owner of geek and sundry reached out to them. She'd heard about the game and said, Hey, we've got a spot on. We've got a slot on Thursday night. We would love to have, you know, someone play Dungeons and dragons and uh
0: the rest is history yeah and the history is in that book
1: yep and oh, that I'm book excited. is available tomorrow very um, and, cool yep and uh they are you know the book will go through a lot of the stuff that you uh may not have no- may not know about them uh so kind of pretty cool
0: that's interesting i i'll be curious to see like how much new discovery cuz yeah they need there needs to be like a critical role trivia Trivial Pursuit game because then that would be another trivia game that nobody would play with me. But
2: uh, <laughs> give it time, give it time. Right, Brian, it'll I, happen. Yeah, I have, I
1: have no doubt that 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 is probably in the works somewhere.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure like Crit Crit, crit Roll Stats is probably working on it already. Well, um, well
1: looking at the uh, the relationship they have with D and D now, where you know the Wild Mount is now an official book from mm-hmm. D anD D, and D anD D is owned by Hasbro um, and uh, Trivial Pursuit. If uh, I'm trying to see, I'm trying to remember who who owns Trivial
2: Role is already technically a board game. Really? They have Munchkin. That is oh, well, true.
0: Yeah, yeah they they have
2: Steve Jackson. Yeah, that's true. Canada. They have the
0: Munchkin, and they're also into the toy line because they've got the Mhm.
1: And they're, you know, also getting the figures by uh, Todd McFarland. So I'm, oh my
0: God, I am just, I want that Molly Mox so bad. Um, but actually that's a really good segue into, uh, I had some Critical Role news because it's me. Um, mm-hmm. Critical Role also in their, their wonderful endeavors uh, have created a foundation. Um, the Crit Role Foundation uh, is their way of uh, solidifying their involvement in charity organizations. Um, they've been involved in charity organizations from the beginning. They've always tried to uh, to give back um, from the very very beginning, and uh, they have um, solidified that into this wonderful uh, organization run by Ashley Johnson. Yep, uh, which is very cool. I I think it's so much fun how each of them is finding their niche within the company. Like Travis is the CEO. Marisha is their, you know, their their showrunner and, and does so much. And like they're all kind of finding finding their way uh in the company. So so the foundation is Ashley's. And the idea is is that they uh are picking different charities at different times to work with. So it's not just all one charity all the time. They're looking to to spread the wealth. Um as much as they can, and if anybody knows anything about the critters, uh, the the crit role fandom, um, the critters are, to say the least, uh, generous and compassionate uh, to to charities and and the like. Um, you know, le- not to mention you know them raising eleven million dollars for the company. But <laughs> yeah, um, so I'm looking up real quick because I, I of course. Forgot uh, the fountain, the um, the charity that they're their first charity that they're working with. Uh, what is it? Current fundraising campaign. They are working with native youth and culture programs with First Nations, which I think is an absolutely wonderful and brilliant way to start. Definitely, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They are it's spot on exactly where they needed to be to help um and if you want to donate to donate to the foundation you can donate at criticalrolefoundation.org
1: that's cool nice Mm -hmm. that's very cool yeah Yeah, because i remember like they were the uh i remember when you know first watching and they would do like was it 626 la and Mm -hmm. so that is very cool
0: yeah Um, um there's a lot of really good information on the uh the website, uh, critroll.com, uh, slash foundation. Uh, if anybody wants to look up um, everything that you're dealing with and the details, uh, please feel free to do so. It's some beautiful stuff.
1: Um, all right. Uh, so we have any other news? Uh,
0: oh, not that I know. can remember offhand. Um, I think we covered all right a lot of what is kind of going on in the world.
1: Yep. Um, you know, we're still looking at. You know, hoping for eventually movies come back. I mean, the the big news the other week was that uh, Regal Cinema, uh, which is owned by a British company, uh, the British parent company decided that they will be closing the theaters, movie theaters uh, for the remainder of the year with hopefully opening in uh, January 2021 because uh, Regal Cinemas was kind of pinning their hopes on the next James Bond movie that was supposed to come out but that got pushed back to next year so they are too huh okay makes total sense
0: yeah yeah it does
1: uh meanwhile though if you are feeling adventurous and want to go watch a movie i believe amc and cinemark are open but doing you know all sorts of trying to keep you safe while you watch a movie so
0: Yeah, they're doing, like, closed seats and and distancing and all that stuff. So they're trying.
2: I read a a story that they were looking at cutting deals about renting theaters out. I saw that. uh, Yes, we were talking about
0: that yesterday.
2: AMC has a
1: program for $99. You can rent one of their theaters.
2: Uh, I Like, can I just pick the movie and they get it? Or I'm going to have to, because if if that's the case. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. I got some movies that I can watch. <laughs> and I think I can bring like 20 people. I'm down.
0: That'd be cool. Five, bu-
2: five bucks a person. Let's go.
0: Right. Like, you know, a couple of different, you know, because I mean, it's it's a foregone conclusion at this point that people are forming uh, quarantine pods, you know, so you have like a couple of households that are kind of, you know, our little pod together. So you can get that many people together and, and stay distant and, and stay safe easily. We should do that.
1: Um, So the AMC rental allow AMC allows rentals for up of up to twenty people, according to the website. Uh, Rates start at ninety nine dollars, excluding tax, and increase to three forty nine depending upon the movie, the theater's location, and any other add ons like food and drink. Okay. Um, So,
0: uh, so I'm down. You know what? I just had a cool idea because there are still movies coming out doing like a, if we could do if the geekiest could do that as a uh, like a review like do like a movie review like a movie opening with a bunch of our you know 20 closest friends
1: um that would be interesting uh and for a hundred for an extra hundred dollars you can get a microphone to
2: greet the guests as they as they enter the auditorium
0: can we bring our own microphone and not pay a hundred dollars
2: or you can just have the loud mouth stand at the front of the theater and
0: talk <laughs> That was my next thought is we all have big huge voices. We don't really I don't need the mic. I
2: really don't think so. <laughs> I was just saying that was Sorry. that's ridiculous, though. Hundred dollars for a microphone.
0: That's that's funny. But you know what? I bet you there's corporations out there that'll do it without thinking yeah. twice.
2: Oh, absolutely. But then again, corporations are not having groups. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, true story. Oh my god, that's crazy. Huh. Cool
1: um it doesn't i'm looking to see though if it says about like what uh like if it's like what's playing in the theater if you can bring your own or or if they will you know find you one that's that's an interesting question that's something to look into
0: mm-hmm. hmm. okay stay tuned we may be doing no, some uh, weird movie shit
2: hey i i would be more than happy to rent out that theater to watch episode four on the <gasps> screen hell Just- yeah Screw it. I just get me the print. I'm fine. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so let's go to the big geek board.
0: We suck at giving each other geek points when there's not a guest. Do you know that? We also uh, suck at giving uh, each yeah.
1: other geek points when we have a guest. So
0: we have a guest. <laughs> um, so uh, pulling ahead by one, our winner this evening is Will. Yay. Woo-hoo! And then Joe and I are tied for three. Nice. So, So, I mean, for me, that's better than usual.
2: We're (laughs) actually about, that's actually about average. (laughs) Three three to four, you know.
0: Yeah, you know, we kind of know our stuff a little bit. A little bit. A little bit.
2: So, Will, where can people find you on the internet? uh, They can find me at geekiestwill on the Instagram and the Twitter, uh, which I am slowly but surely learning how to use. very proud of my.
0: We are very proud of you. Definitely. Yay,
2: kayla how about
0: you oh big breath like- <laughs> 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 all the things um sound,
1: en- sound engineer would like to sorry have a word with you
0: <laughs> it's not the first time i've been told that um <laughs> Uh, you can find me on the twits at Hawk underscore Kayla. You can find me on Instagram at geekiest Kayla. You can find me on not safe for wizards, the D and D actual play podcast playing Jade. Uh, you can find me at our before mentioned awesome little thrift shop in downtown Davie at 4148 Davie road. If you happen to be in the South Florida area, or you can check us out online at goddess dot net and also secondhand goddess on literally all the socials including get ready for this TikTok tock secondhand goddess has a tick tock it's a i it i mm-hmm. i know i know but i'm kind of having fun with it so check us out and i think that's it
1: and Cracking. you can <laughs> and you can find me <laughs> was waiting for you to do the you know segue handoff
0: uh, I I I was I was waiting for somebody to say Kayla, you're crazy for being on TikTok. You're 45 years old. What's wrong with you? But now, anyway. Hey, Joe. Yes. Where can we find you on the internet?
1: Uh, going crazy. Um, you can find me on Twitter as <laughs> at, at Demorgus. That's D E M O R G U S. Uh, you can find this podcast's social medias at the Geekiest Pod. Uh, however, we don't have a TikTok for it yet.
0: <laughs> just wait
1: um, you can find me being the DM of the Not Safe for Wizards 5th fifth, fifth edition actual play podcast where uh, as the DM I play all the characters that aren't the player characters and I lose every week um, you can also probably find stuff at the evolving DM and that's kind of evolving so there and I think that's about it for me um, 8 months, 7 eight months of this pandemic. Um, Yes, we know it's impacted a lot of people everywhere, all different ways. Um, We want you to stay safe. We want you to follow social distancing rules. We want you to wear a mask. We want you to wash your hands. We want you to not be a dick, as Pete would say. Uh, We believe that Black Lives Matter. We thank you for listening this week, and we
2: look forward to talking to you next. Remember, kids, leave the world a better place than you found it. Hey there, listener.
1: Before we get out of here, just want to uh, ask you to do us a little favor. Um, Two little favors. One, if you go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review there. Five stars would be great, but hey, we're leaving that up to you. And second would be share the podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you think would enjoy a deep dive into geek culture. Uh, That would definitely help us. Thanks for listening. The preceding program was brought to you by Armored Bear Productions.